What does a contraction feel like? How do I know if I'm in labor? And what does the day of labor look like? Wait, is this normal? Hey, I'm Heidi. My best friends call me Hydes. I'm a certified birth doula, host of this podcast, and author of Birth Story, an interactive pregnancy guidebook. I have supported hundreds of women through their labor and deliveries, and I believe every one of them and you deserves a microphone and a stage. So here we are. Listen each week to get answers to these tough questions. Birth Story, where we talk about pregnancy, labor, deliveries, where we tell our stories and share our feelings. And of course, chat about our favorite baby products and motherhood. And because I'm passionate about birth outcomes, you will hear from some of the top experts in labor and delivery. Whether you are pregnant, trying desperately to get pregnant, or you just love a good birth story, I hope you will stick around and be part of this birth story family. Welcome, Leanne, to the Birth Story Podcast. We're excited to have you today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I am from Quebec, Canada. I am a mother of two little girls. Uh, One is almost nine months old, I would say eight and a half months, and the other is two and a half years old. I am with the my first love, so him and I, I've known him ever since uh, we're 15 and 16 years old. His name is Wandy, and I love him so much. He's such an amazing father and husband and everything. Do you I, uh, work at home or out of the home? Yeah, so I work at home. So I work with a company called Young Living currently. Um, I'm also an aspiring doula. So I really, really want to become a doula someday. That's like one of my dreams in life because I love everything about birth and postpartum and breastfeeding. And that's like a really big passion of mine. I am here to encourage Uh, you to become a doula. (laughs) After this interview, we can stay connected. And I hope that I could mentor you or like urge you on that journey. For sure. Yeah. So so. for everyone out there that doesn't know what Young Living is, I mean, I do, but um, tell us a little bit about your business. So Young Living are, they're the company that sells essential oils. Um, I'm all about plant goodness. I'm also a vegan. So I I believe in the power of plants. (laughs) And um, yeah, so they sell essential oils. They also sell Um, all kinds of non-toxic cleaning supplies, house stuff, hair care, skin care, baby care, kid care, pet care, all kinds of of natural goodness for everyone in the household, basically. And all of their stuff is infused with essential oils. So that's another thing that I'm super passionate about. And I hope that I'll be able to include my essential oils in my doula practice someday as well. And absolutely you will. So in the show notes, I will put a link to how to get in touch with Leanne if anyone's interested in learning more about her young living business. Um, So Leanne is my very first international since I'm headquartered in the United States. So very first international interview, which is really exciting for me, even though we're really close by and she reached out to me on Instagram and shared with me the only thing I know about this story that we're about to hear 
is that she had two natural childbirths. So she wanted to share and teach and there's so much to learn. So we are going to dive right in. Leanne, let me know how old you are, if you don't mind, and when (laughs) um, you tried to get pregnant or Maybe you just ended up pregnant. What did that look like for you? So I'm 26 years old. I I felt pregnant with Olivia when I was 23, I believe. Yeah, I was 23. Um, And we weren't necessarily trying, but we weren't preventing it either. Uh, We knew we wanted kids at a young age, um, but there were, were a lot of people like around us dealing with infertility issues so we stopped like preventing it and we were like oh whatever happens happens and we wound it we winded up like getting pregnant actually really quick which was like a shock how did you Uh, know you were pregnant um I took a test (laughs) I was just feeling like funny um and I just had like this this like weird gut feeling that I might be so I took a test and there was the second pink line and it was like you always dream about the moment you know yeah (laughs) of seeing that second pink line and you're just like when I saw it I was like in shock I was like oh my gosh it's almost like not even what you expect to feel because you expect that you're gonna be like well a lot of people jump up joy but I was just like shocked I, I couldn't even like Yeah, I am so glad that you just talked about like that moment that you always dream of, because I actually about 50% of my clients um, have gone through IVF. And Mm -hmm. when they do that, they will go in to confirm their pregnancy with a blood test, right? Yeah. And so many of them will share with me when they find out that the blood test is positive, that they Mm -hmm. still go and buy a pregnancy (laughs) kit. Yeah. And they just want to like see it. Like visually, they just want to see like two pink lines. Um, I actually did that for like a good two weeks. I would take like pregnancy tests because I couldn't believe it. I literally just couldn't believe it. And I would just keep taking them. And I was like, okay, well, this is real. (laughs) Now in Quebec, this is socialized medicine, right? Yeah. Okay. So I just want to have a few questions throughout the broadcast about that. um, Just because I'm personally curious and I think other people (laughs) might be interested. And I've been watching that show on um, Netflix called Working Moms. Okay. Have you seen it? No, I'm so bad with Netflix. Oh my goodness. Well, it's a group. You have to watch it, but it's a group of moms in Canada and um, in order. Yeah, it's really cool. And in order to get into this like school, they're required to go to these like weekly mommy meetup, you know, groups. So I was so curious if this is something that actually happens in Canada. Oh my gosh. Uh, But we'll get more into that. But when, what does the medical journey or what did it look like for you? So you found out you're pregnant and then did you call the doctor right away or what happened to get, you know, the medical side involved? Yeah. So at the time I was actually living in Ontario when I found out I was pregnant, but we were moving to Quebec. So like I I called my family doctor and I told her I was pregnant, well, from the the test and she was like, okay, come in, we'll just do like a quick um, like exam and and stuff like that. So I went in and then I told her that I was moving to Quebec. So she had to like kind of stop my, our meetings together. And I already knew that I wanted a midwife. This is actually something that I've always like kind of known um, since high school because I had watched the Business of Being Born documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And so 
I just always knew that as scary as it, it sounded to have like a natural birth, like at the time, like not knowing, you know, like the unknown, I knew that it was something that I wanted just because of all that I learned. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this. So, um, so yeah, I went to see my family doctor and then I found the, um, our local birthing center where we were moving and, and I gave them a call and I got put on a waiting list. And then my midwife called me for my first appointment and yeah. So, so that very first appointment when you were Ontario, that was um, just a confirmation appointment, really. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then after you moved and you got established with a birth center. Now in Quebec, is it common or more common to deliver in a birthing center or in like a hospital setting? Hospital. It 100%. is. Okay. So yeah. birthing in a birth center was just like it is here in the United States. It, it's very cool but not the majority. Exactly. And did your yeah. insurance cover it? Uh, yeah. They did. So here in Canada, birth is like free. Okay. So regardless if you birth everywhere. in a birth center or if you birth in a hospital. And are yeah. you, um, is home birth an option in Quebec? Yeah. I actually wanted to try to do a home birth with my first, but like uh, Wandi, my my husband, he he was like, he was all for the natural birth, but he was like, oh, like I'd rather do it in the birthing center because the birthing center is like two seconds away from the nearest hospital. And then he's like, maybe with like the second we can think about like having a home birth, depending on how the first one goes, you know? So it so, was on the table, but you know, you yeah. kind of wanted the middle ground, right? Which would be yeah. the birth center. Well, so exciting. So as a doula, I love <laughs> midwives. I had a midwife. <laughs> for both of my son's births also, which was incredible. They just stay by your side and are so oh, like loving and supportive. Yes. Did you have a doula that you hired? No. So I just had my midwife. Because it was I, such I, an like, intimate relationship. Did you rotate through multiple midwives or did you mostly see the same midwife throughout your pregnancy? So there were, you get like assigned two of them because they go on like rotation for like okay different shifts, I guess, like during the week. Um, so I had two of them. Wow. That's really, I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of low and really amazing that continuity of care then. And I bet they were communicating yeah. a lot, you know, with mm -hmm. each other also pretty incredible. Yeah. So how did your pregnancy go? I went super well. Um, the, like for the first trimester, like I always get super sick, so incredibly sick, nausea, like 24 seven, puking the whole the whole shebang um but after like the first trimester I'm I'm pretty like I'm good and at that time with my first pregnancy I kept pretty active I had a, I had good pregnancies really now for everyone listening it <laughs> is very normal to have a response to that HCG and to get really sick and nauseous and mm -hmm. I always like to say that the kind of the worse you feel sometimes really means the better you're doing and the better yeah. the baby's doing so it I used to just kind of say to myself, let's just welcome the nausea because it's a gift that comes, you know, with the baby and, and you get through it. Now, did you take anything for your nausea? Like with your oils, did you use any oils or any medications? At the time I didn't have my oils. So I, w I did go on medicine because I was puking so, so much that I, I had to, to do something about it. Do you remember um, the name of it? 
I don't know. It's two common ones. The most common is probably Zofran or Ondasartan. And then the second. Oh, Diclectin. No. Oh, Diclectin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they did give you like a medication for the nausea. Now, since you are into essential oils now, if anyone's listening and they're pregnant and uh, they don't want to take a pharmaceutical medicine, what oils would you recommend to treat the nausea? I'm so happy you asked because I honestly wish I knew about oils at the time. Uh, Big ones that really, really help women are ginger essential oil, peppermint essential oil, lemon essential oil, and lavender essential oil. So there's like different ways you can do it. You can diffuse them in your house. You can um, put drops in your the palms of your hands and then like take in deep breaths. There's rollers that you can roll onto the back of your ears um over your eyebrows and the back of your neck um to help as well um so there's there's many uses for those ones for the the and then because i'm a big essential oil user as a doula which ones would you recommend ingesting i actually ingested frankincense this morning (laughs) and my toddlers i gave them a drop of frankincense on their tongue everyone kind of seemed to just wake up with couldn't tell if it was allergies or if everyone was just feeling a little under the weather. But for nausea, what would you recommend of those four ginger, peppermint, lemon, lavender of ingesting? I would recommend the ginger and the, well, honestly, all four of them. (laughs) Young Living has an entire um, line of ingestible oils, but the only ones that I would ever, ever recommend ingesting are from Young Living because of their like rigorous testing and third party testing. Like they're they're 100% pure and it's not regulated by the FDA for essential oils. So a lot of companies can label them as like 100% pure oil, but also just put like 5% of oil inside of the bottle and then the rest fillers and all kinds of junk that are actually more harmful than good. So it ends up being more like just a fragrance in the end. Um, so I really, really only recommend Young Living for ingesting. But all four of those, the peppermint, ginger, lavender, and lemon, those four are in the, on the U.S. side, it's, it's called the Vitality line. And then in, in Canada, it's called the Plus line. But those are, are ingestible. Okay. And then again, just a mm-hmm. reminder to everyone, I will link to you in the show notes so that if anyone is interested in learning more about the oils and how to use them in their pregnancy too, that they could reach out to you. I think that that's wonderful. Um, So you had a really great pregnancy aside from the nausea in the first trimester and you stayed active. How much weight did you gain? Um, A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I would say it was like my first pregnancy was around almost 50 pounds. So I would say 40 to 50 pounds. Um, and then with my second, well, I was like, I had to lose like another 15 pounds after I gave birth to my first to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight. Okay. So with my second, I gained like 40 pounds, well, 35 ish to 40 pounds. So proud of you on that one for staying active and (laughs) and not gaining too much. I have mentioned many times on this podcast, but I gained 70 pounds. So I always tell people, do yeah, not I do what I did. <laughs> you know, do not it's do what I did. It makes so it so good when you're pregnant. I know everything. The senses are just heightened and everything just yeah. tastes so good. It either tastes so good 
or it's so bad, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, one or the oh, other. Um, now let's talk about some of the testing that at least we do here in the United States that I would be interested in what that looks like in Quebec. And the first would be the big thing here is a 20 week anatomy scan. Did you have that done? Yes. Okay. And was that's it, usually when we find out the sex. Okay. <laughs> did you know what you were going to have or did you choose to not let them tell you? Both times I knew. How about, um, did you pass your glucose or your diabetes test? Yep. Yeah, so no diabetes in either, um, gestational diabetes in either pregnancy. And then how about the group beta strep or the GBS test at 36 weeks? Both were negative, so I was good there. Yeah, both were negative there. Those are kind of like the, you know, some of the bigger tests that we look for here. Was there anything else that they were looking at or testing that you can remember throughout your pregnancy? My vitamins uh, with Olivia. Well, this is actually super interesting because with Olivia, I was not vegan. Okay. And with Eva, I was. So, right. Number one is Olivia and you were not a vegan. No, exactly. Okay. So So first pregnancy, (laughs) Um, not a vegan. Second pregnancy, you were a vegan. With Olivia, I I was tested like they, you know how they test like your iron and everything. I was like borderline anemic. And I mean, I was eating like my favorite foods when I was pregnant with her were like hamburgers. Um, Yeah, lots of hamburgers. So I ate actually like a lot of like beef and I was surprised that I was like borderline anemic whereas with Eva my iron levels were fine it's like the weirdest thing ever (laughs) so being this is totally off topic from birth but this is me being someone who's kind of passionate about learning about nutrition my children are on what's called the reed diet which is um in most of you know, usually I follow this diet too, but is gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and um, any artificial dye or flavoring-free. So essentially trying Mm -hmm. to remove glutamate from the body. But I can absolutely believe that if you are not following a vegan diet, I would guess that you probably weren't following much of any diet. And so there may have been other things that were present in your diet that were causing inflammation where you were not absorbing nutrients the way that your body needed to be absorbing nutrients. But when we cut out those toxins, especially Mm -hmm. during pregnancy, those inflammatory foods like processed foods and those toxins, then we give our body the opportunity and the chance to use and absorb what we are yeah. giving it. Yeah. So totally. so I absolutely think that there's a lot of validity to what you just said when you're not paying mm-hmm. attention to the food that's going into your body and you're showing anemia. And then on pregnancy number two, where you were paying very particular attention to your diet and then showed healthy hemoglobin and iron levels. So kudos, you know, well done. Well, (laughs) let's talk about towards the end of your pregnancy, because you've chosen to deliver at a birth center with a midwife aiming for a natural childbirth. You're totally healthy, no GBS, no diabetes. And let's talk about like, First of all, what week gestation did you deliver? So with Olivia, I gave birth at 39 weeks and six days. And with Eva, I gave birth at 42 weeks where I actually had to have my waters 
broken manually by my midwife. Okay, for for an induction at 42 weeks. Let's go into the birth story of Olivia, baby number one um, (laughs) first. And so 39 weeks, six days. So tell me about what you can remember from like week 37, week 38, week 39, just kind of leading up until birth. Like what signs and symptoms were you having or was your body giving you about going into labor? I didn't have very many signs. I was just like, I was really enjoying taking walks at the end. Like I was taking like one hour walks every day. And I just remember um, feeling like when it first started, my contractions were like really random. It was more like Braxton Hicks, but like a lot of them. And then eventually they started like getting a little bit stronger, but they were still like all over the place. My, the first stage of labor for me was super duper long. Like I think like in total, my, my labor was like 48 hours because that's just how long the beginning was. Okay. Like, like was, the ramp up period. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at when it first began and you know, you can still talk, you can still do a bunch of stuff. Um, I was super ravenous. Like I was so hungry. I was eating like everything in sight. And honestly, I'm happy about it because I feel like it really gave me a lot of energy and prepared me for like the marathon ahead. Because (laughs) if I hadn't eaten, you know, because I know some people can be like on nerves and not eat. But for me, it was like the complete opposite. And I allowed myself to eat. And... Yeah, so I was eating a lot and um, taking walks with Wandi. And I remember going to see my midwife and telling her like, oh, like I'm I feel like my like I'm getting contractions and they're becoming a little bit more consistent. And she's like, oh, you know what? Like, I think you're you're going to like give birth like next week. Like she's like, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just your body preparing. And I was like, "Ah." I was like, I don't know. And it's so funny because that day they started to become a lot more consistent and I ended up calling her and she was like okay I'm gonna come over and check you so she can't she ended up coming over and telling us like yeah so you're probably gonna have a baby in the next 24 hours oh my goodness okay. and I was like, I when you, you say came over she came to your home yeah. yeah oh my gosh I love this okay so she came to your home and she checked you and how what did your cervix look like do you remember how far dilated you were I asked her not to tell me. I didn't okay. want to know how far I was because I, I was like terrified that she would just tell me like some tiny number and I would be like, oh, my God. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, for um, anyone who's listening, if the midwife tells you you're going to give birth in the next 24 hours, then there's some indication in that cervical check, like the effacement, how thin the cervix is, the station where the baby's head is, and then the dilation, like how the cervix is actually opening. So there and then you were having, as you mentioned, you were having consistent contractions. So you had mentioned your Braxton Hicks just became stronger and kind of more consistent. So, yeah. okay. So the midwave says, Leanne, you're going to have a baby in the next 24 hours. And then, so what did you do? I was just like, oh my gosh. Like I started becoming like really excited, but like nervous, like excited, scared. (laughs) I was like all over the place with my emotions, but I was mostly excited for like the adventure. Sure. Yeah. And Wandi was so nervous and excited. Like he just started like crazy cleaning our whole condo. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> like he was just like, 
Yeah, I was like nervously cleaning everything. Like <laughs> it was so funny, and I was like, okay, I was like, let's do this. And when did <laughs> and the midwife from- tell you to go to the birth center? So they follow like the, um, I think it's, what, it's like the 511 rule. Sure. Yeah. So for anyone who's yeah. listening, 511 or, you know, 411 is when your contractions are four to five minutes apart, they're lasting for at least one minute. So 60 seconds long. And then that has been happening for at least one hour. Um, so your midwife was saying when you got to 511 that she was hoping that you would then transfer to the birth center for the rest of your labor and delivery. So is that yes. what you did? Were you just timing contractions at home? Yeah. So I was timing them and I was kind of driving myself crazy because they were, although they were getting like a little bit stronger they were still super inconsistent with the timing because I had downloaded like an app on my phone and I was, I was checking them out and I was kind of driving myself crazy. And I like halfway through the day, the schedules of my midwife shifted. So now I called my second midwife and I was like, they're becoming stronger, but they're still inconsistent. Like they're not at five minutes yet. Like some are and some aren't. So she was like, Leanne, just stop looking at the at the phone. She's like, just call me when you feel like you're you can't do you can't do it anymore, you know. So I was like, okay. So I gave, I just like I stopped looking at my phone. I stopped timing them, and it actually worked. Like I feel like after I stopped looking, like I was just going with the flow of like each contraction. And by that time, I was like, for some reason, whenever I give birth or whenever I'm in labor, sorry. I always have to be on hands and knees like and it's painful because being on your knees for like hours at a time is so painful on the knees (laughs) but that's just like how my body reacts for some reason like being in any other position is like it just the contractions feel more painful for some reason so I was like my arms were on my sofa and my knees were on the ground and that's the position that I was in and then at one point I was like okay Wandi call call her so um, he ended up calling her and she ended up coming. And then she so I had told my first midwife I didn't want to um, know how far along I was like dilated. But I I guess she forgot to tell the second midwife. So she goes and checks me and she's like, OK, so you're three centimeters. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to know. But I was like, OK. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, and it's funny because when she came in and I feel like the second she came in, things were really starting to roll a lot faster. It's like I became more um, comfortable because she was there. Like not that Wandy wasn't doing a good job, but you know, like that yeah. medical aspect and stuff like that. So I feel like things really started to like rock and roll by the time that she came. You and your body felt safe. Now that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me. Now we're going to take a short break to just share a few things with you. Hey guys, it's me, Heidi, and I'm so excited that the launch of my book, Birth Story, is almost here. Pre-orders are going on right now at birthstory.com. It's a 42-week guide to your pregnancy. It's a collection of birth stories. It has a ton of doula advice, of which I wrote from questions that my clients had asked me over the 14 years I've been practicing. It has a bunch of journaling prompts. So you can pick up a pre-order copy today at birthstory.com. So at this point, you are 511 and you're 
three centimeters, your midwife checks you and you're three centimeters dilated. So there's still a lot of labor ahead of you. But you Mm -hmm. had immediately felt things start to pick up when you knew she was there for you. So then what happened? So um, at that point, it was like nighttime. And I like I could tell that my midwife was tired. So she was like, okay, she's like, I'm just going to go take a nap. Can I take a nap on your sofa? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So because my knees were like literally killing me so much. Like they were I was focusing on my knee pain instead of like my contraction pain almost. So she ended up putting me on like positioning me on my bed in a way that didn't feel as painful for me so that I can like relax my knees. And Wandy was with me like he was rubbing my back and he ended up falling asleep on the bed beside me. So for like, a, I don't know how long it was, but they were sleeping and I was like doing it by myself. <laughs> and I, I was, I won't lie, like I feel like I was like, I was a champ going through all of that by myself. But I knew that in my, it's funny because throughout the whole labor and delivery, my subconscious was always talking to myself. I was like, oh, I have to let them sleep, you know, like they need to rest because I need them too. You need them later. As much as Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I let them I let them rest and then um, my midwife ended up waking up and then she came to see me and by that time I was seven centimeters. And Wow. So you went yeah. from three to seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, and she's like she's like, Okay, she's like, I have to tell you that She's like, I'm 99.9% sure that it's the head that I feel, but she's like, it's very soft. So it almost feels like maybe it could be a bum. She's like, but that's like 1% that it might be a bum. But she's like, I, she's like, I really would prefer to go get an ultrasound done to see just to make sure. Okay. But she's like, we would have to go to the hospital. And, you know, seven centimeters, that's like transition. Yeah. Like, this was getting intense. And I was like, oh, my God. And like, I like I've always had like this weird fear of hospitals for some reason. Like, I'm just scared of um, interventions and stuff like that. So but I was like, okay, for the for the sake of the baby, like, sure. OK, let's go. So at seven centimeters, we were driving to the hospital. And let me tell you, the worst part of my labor was that frigging drive to the hospital. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. Like Because you felt it. like you were transitioning or you couldn't get comfortable? Like what was horrible? I couldn't get comfortable. Like okay. I, I, I naturally have to be on hands and knees. So sitting down in a car confined, like no, <laughs> like, yeah. it was horrible. Um, but then we arrived at the hospital I had to wait. The doctor who had to do the ultrasound, I think he was doing a C-section or something. So I had to wait almost an hour for him to come do the ultrasound. And that was like, that was during transition. So that was like super painful. Like that whole time I was like, oh my God, get me out of here. Were you nauseous? Um, um, no, but I had, I was shaking. Okay. Um, yeah, I was shaking a lot and oh yeah and by that time like when it got really intense I I looked at my midwife and I was like I can't anymore like not that it was it was painful by that time but it was mostly that I did I feel like I didn't have the energy to continue yeah you know what I mean yeah I was so exhausted and I was like I can't and she was like Leanne she's like you got this like She's like, you're almost there. Like, you got this. Like, just keep going. And I swear, like, she just knows me. And that's like the type of 
encouragement that I needed, you know? Yeah. Just <laughs> to let you know, there's more mm-hmm. inside of you that you than you think that there is. Even when yeah. I have clients and friends who get epidurals, just a little bit of encouragement because you can say, oh, I want an epidural right now. And it still could be like an hour before yeah. like they give you fluids and the anesthesiologist yeah, comes. Yeah. So just reminding you like, mm-hmm. Leanne, you are strong. Keep going. Like it's the end when by the time you yeah. get the shakes, too. And I knew all the signs. So whenever I it's so crazy because like, you know, like that inner voice that I was talking to you about earlier, when I said that I- out loud that I was too tired to keep going. Like I felt like I was too tired to keep going inside of me. My subconscious was like, Oh my God, you must be almost there because usually when women start saying stuff like that, the end is near, you know, like things will always get worse before they get better. So subconsciously I was like, Oh my God, I think I'm almost there. (laughs) So then finally the doctor came and did the ultrasound and thankfully it was the head that was, uh, that was down. So then we like rushed, to the birthing center which is like two seconds away thank the lord (laughs) and then once I got to the birthing center like I feel like things really calmed down weirdly it's like the space between my contractions got longer Mm -hmm. but the contractions whenever they came were very strong so it gave me time to like breathe in between but they were still super duper strong when they came so this Um, is a very normal for a natural mm-hmm. childbirth, you'll mm-hmm. be laboring, laboring, and they're so close together and they're so strong. And then all of a sudden you get this really, really long break. Like, and I mean, I would guess yeah. that you had like seven to 10 minutes break. And then all of a sudden, yeah. instead of your contraction being 60 to 90 seconds, it was like a hundred and it was a two full minute long contraction. That yeah. Was and so it felt like a strong. Drum. Like that's how I could describe it. Like it was like, you know, like when someone hits a big drum, like, boom, yeah. like, that's what it felt like, like, it was just a big, like, because, you know, the break was so long. And then all of a sudden, it was just like this. Boom, and it was like, I don't know. That's like how I can. Just yeah, it makes some people have described it to me as like, well, that one woke me up. That's what they'll say. <laughs> and then they'll fall back asleep. But I think it's a yeah. beautiful thing that our our body naturally slows Mm -hmm. down and lets you like rest for so long. This is normal. So I'm so glad to hear you share about this. Some people forget to talk (laughs) about the break right before the delivery. Mm -hmm. So my mom came. So my Wandi called my mom to tell her to come that the baby was coming soon. Then all of a sudden things started to pick up a lot faster. So like that, that random, like, like long break between contractions started to get smaller and smaller again. And then it started to become a lot more painful, but it didn't last long. But I remember at one point I grabbed Wandi's hair and I was like pulling his hair. That's all I remember. But I I had to do it for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) To squeeze onto something. So you had no medical interventions at all? At all, no. And then he was doing something where he was like towards the inside of my body and it felt very good. And at one point he had to like step away to do something. So my mom tried to take over but she could not do it properly. And I was, I was getting so angry. I was like, mom, you're not doing it right. So let's explain this. So you're in a, are you in a, like a a bed at this point? Yeah. Yeah. So So I was laying down. And were you on your side or your back? 
on my back. So you're on your back, but you're in a birthing suite at a birth center. So you're in a like a yeah. that looks like a bed bed. And then yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's like a uh, yeah, it's not a hospital bed. bed, like a big bed bed. So you're laying yeah. down on your back, and your husband's almost like pushing your legs up, like as if you were what in a squat, but laying down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that felt yeah. really good to you at the end. I bet felt that. so good. Yeah, yeah, I bet that did. Um, so mm-hmm. your mom couldn't quite figure out the <laughs> no. birthing position. <laughs> it's just she. she didn't have the strength that he had, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know but just a really, a really tight squat, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then did you still have the shakes? Uh, no, but I started saying again that I was getting tired. I was like, I was like, I'm exhausted. Like I don't have the energy again. So my, my midwife gave me these, they're like little balls. I don't know. And you put them like underneath your tongue and those were to help with energy. So I guess it's like a homeopathic thing or a holistic thing. I don't know. Did they dissolve? Um, yeah, they dissolve. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were homeopathics. Okay. okay. She gave some to me and to Wandi, um, and they really helped. Like I don't, I don't even care if it's a placebo effect. To me, it helped. If you ever talked to her, I would be curious to know what yeah, homeopathic she gave. But it yeah. it gave you energy and yeah. and calmed you. I would imagine. That was like right before pushing, um, she gave me that. And then she also gave me a glass of really cold pineapple juice. And when I was drinking that through the straw, it felt like liquid heaven. Like that's just how I I can describe it. Like when I was drinking that, I was like, wow, this is like the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. (laughs) And I'm not even that much like that big of a fan of pineapple juice. But at that moment, it was cold and it was it was amazing and all of your senses are just so heightened especially Mm -hmm. right at delivery you know sound Mm -hmm. soft sounds can be piercing yeah you know pineapple juice can taste like heaven I mean it's just yeah you know it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely an altered state I forgot to mention as well like during the whole labor I was drinking I was sipping on coconut water okay good for hydration good job yeah yeah yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, like I, w- I said, like, oh, like, I feel like pushing. And then my midwife came to check me and she's like, she's like, yeah, you, you can start pushing. But she's like, she's like at your next contraction, all because I think I was like nine, almost 10. So she's like at your next contraction, I'm going to help stretch you out. Um, and I, I was terrified because I hate cervical checks. I hate like just I just I cannot like t- to me, they're painful. To me, I'm like, I just get so tense. I don't know why. Like, I can give birth, but I hate cervical checks. Like, So I don't what know. did you do uh, to relax through it? I just was making my grunting sounds whenever. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's like an important thing, too. So whenever I had my contractions, I would always, like, take a deep breath in when they would start. And then when I would let my breath out, I would let out, like, the lowest possible, like, sound oh or oh like super super low and I would do it like the whole contraction and if I didn't have enough breath to do the whole contraction then I would like take another one and like do it again I think that that Um, is so important I'm so glad that you stopped and went back to that mm -hmm. because 
When we talk about like the stages of labor, we get so caught up in dilation. And I just don't Mm -hmm. think we talk enough about like, what does it look like? What does it sound like to be in labor? And like, and and you can probably attest like early labor, you're like chatty and you're breathing and like whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you really get to that seven plus centimeters dilated, it's so primal. It's so like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. guttural. Like, like the, uh, I always tell my clients mm-hmm. to use wah, 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 you know. Yeah, that's a good one too, yeah. An opening yeah. sound. And then as they, as you get that urge or that ejection reflex, as you were just getting to this point in your story, you, you go, you sound like, uh, like you yeah. just kind of like your guttural sound <laughs> yeah. turns into a push and you like are like, oh, I'm pushing. Yeah. So, so you said that you kind of felt that that or like you could hear yourself pushing and you felt that yeah. urge. And so when they say you're nine to ten centimeters dilated, mm-hmm. that's called usually there's a cervical lip and it mm-hmm. um, can occur um like all around or just on one part of the cervix. And so it mm-hmm. just, I think that that's what your midwife was trying to do is help that just yeah. that one little piece. So it yeah. could have three fourths of the cervix could have been a 10, but then there was yeah. just that little lip on one side, which um, they can just kind of try to push away around the head. So your yeah. midwife is doing this and all the time you're bearing down and does it yeah. feel good to bear it down? Felt- amazing like when she was stretching me like I was scared of it when she said that she was gonna do it but then when she was doing it 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 felt like the most amazing thing ever like when I was like doing like my sound like the and she was stretching me like it felt amazing like I won't even lie like it literally felt amazing yes I was like okay yep (laughs) so many women that labor naturally will talk about this and they'll talk about the, the pushing stage just feels amazing like finally like you can do something like you know finally you're back in control the contractions aren't happening to you but you're you -hmm. know you're pushing against them but that it feels so good to push um so I'm so glad that you felt that and experienced that so how long did you push for uh, with Olivia, I pushed for 28 minutes. Oh my gosh, so, so not long at all. So <laughs> maybe, you know, I would guess 10 to 12 pushes. Yeah, probably something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, she emerged. How mm-hmm. long did they wait till did to deliver your afterbirth or your placenta? Um. Oh gosh, I think in, probably like... I would say like five to 10 minutes, I think. Perfect. Like that. So they let the cord stop yeah. pulsating and all that and let the oh, yeah. placenta detach naturally mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. And then how was your bleeding with the birth? Was it normal? Yeah, it was normal. Okay. It was fine. I didn't have anything, uh, thankfully, that went wrong with that or that was like alarming. And you felt mm-hmm. good? Oh, my gosh. Like when I was pushing, because I, again, I was on hands and knees when I was pushing. <laughs> course yeah um <laughs> for and wandy for what 24 hours her. now <laughs> yeah oh, gosh <laughs> they were so red oh gosh um but he he ended up catching olivia oh he did oh is, that's so wonderful yeah. 
so he caught her and then they passed her to me and like oh like it's so the second she came out I was like oh my god and like my adrenaline and like this rush of energy like I was complaining about being tired the whole time when she came out I was the I was ready to party like I was like that was amazing I was like I have to do this again this is the sickest experience ever (laughs) (laughs) I love it yes I had that experience with my second, which was natural. My first was medicated, but my second, and I just remember being like, okay, let's go home. I'm ready. Like, this is great. I could do anything. I don't know, man. It was crazy. (laughs) So what time was this in the morning? Uh, she was born at 7.43 in the morning. 7.43 in the morning. So when we yeah. talked about this, like your prodromal labor started like about 48 hours like, beforehand. But how long mm-hmm. would you say you think you were like an active labor? Like with consistent, uh, said, timeable contractions. My active labor was only three hours. Was only three hours and pushing was 28 minutes. So the beginning of my labor was just super draggy. Just so, so <laughs> long. And it can be, you know, but it's really important mm-hmm. to share that, right? So mm-hmm. like that for you, and you would probably agree with us, I assume, that really, really, really difficult, difficult, like talk, you have to talk yourself into it part was only mm-hmm. about three hours for you. Yeah. And yeah. then all the rest of it was pretty manageable. Yeah. 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 So or all for you, all of it was manageable. But yeah, um, for Olivia's birth, like I like when I after I gave birth to her, like I don't describe her her birth as painful. Her it was intense, very, very intense, but it was not painful. So it's 743 in the morning when you deliver. How soon after did you get to go home? We left around four hours later. That's incredible. And you got to rest, (laughs) rest and recover at home. Mm -hmm. I wish every, oh, I just wish every story was as yours is Lee and it's beautiful. And I'm just so thankful that you shared it. Um, I do have a question about placenta encapsulation. Did you encapsulate your placenta? No, I was, I really wanted to, but at the time, like we were so tight on money that I just, we just couldn't afford it, but I really—it's something I really wanted to do, and I didn't even do with Eva. I don't know why, but again, we were super tight on money as well. But it's something that I I really believe in, like, and I think that it's it could be super beneficial. Totally. And how much does it cost in um like Canadian dollars? I think it's like I think I found a woman who was charging like two hundred and fifty. Okay. And then yeah. um, that's it's about three hundred dollars, and and well, it could vary whatever state you live mm-hmm. in in the United States. I'm in North Carolina, and it's about three hundred dollars is on average the current mm-hmm. rate in 2019 for placenta yeah. encapsulation. So yeah, it is an investment. Again, there's tons of benefits. I was just curious if you oh, had my. done it or not. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to have to definitely have you on again to talk about Eva's birth. And before you go, please share with us what your favorite baby product is. Um, My Favorite baby product, I would say, is my Young Living Baby Lotion that is infused with lavender oil. That's like my favorite. It actually um, helped with Eva's eczema a lot on her cheeks. So it's 
my fave. <laughs> and anybody who's interested in it could get it from you. And I'll, again, link to your site on the show notes. Thanks so much cool. for being on, Lee. And I appreciate all that you are and all that you did for Olivia's birth. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you for listening to Birth Story. My goal is you will walk away from each episode with a clear picture of how labor and delivery might go and that you will feel empowered by the end of your pregnancy to speak up, plan and prepare for the birth you want, no matter what that looks like.